Alrighty, audio is up. Intro time, motherfuckers. I'll edit that out. <laughs> I know. It's habit. You're the one that said that we couldn't do that. And you yeah, do it. Literally, literally. Anyway. Alrighty. Hey, guys. Welcome to what is supposed to be episode two, but is probably going to be episode one because of the audio mess up. It sucks because we did talk about a lot of things. Dak Prescott's contract negotiations, the Panthers 2020 offseason awfulness, the Jalen Hurts situation in Philadelphia, and the Patriots post-Tom Brady plans. Maybe in a future podcast we'll go back to those four, which probably would be a better idea. But... Tonight, we're going to start off with a new segment. Boda? He's, he's gone. <laughs> I heard a doorbell and he was gone. Bruh. <laughs> doorbell, dog bark. There he is. Boda, are you good? I can't hear him. I about to say, I'm not, I'm not the only one that can't hear him, right? Oh, sorry, I'm muted. I'm muted. Sorry. <laughs> but someone on the doorbell. It was UPS. Oh, my God. Right. Now we're uh, Buddha, I swear. <laughs> hey, Chloe, no one's, at, no one's at the door. It's just the UPS package. He dropped it off and left. Alrighty. Sorry. The start of today's episode will include a new segment we like to hear call Fantasy Madness, and our resident fantasy expert, Carl, will take it from here. Okay, first off, before we get to the fantasy segment, Delby Buddha, I said I had something to show you. Carl already knows about it because I already told him. No way. This is our fantasy league championship that came in today. Yes, sir. This thing yes, weighs sir. like 20 pounds. It's going to have my name on it, which is going to be great. Yeah. That's if, Buddha, for you to have your name on this thing, you actually have to, you know, participate this year. Okay, I got this. Alrighty. We had the second pick originally, but hey, we're not going to talk about it. Alright, gonna put... Yeah, we're not going to talk about it. I'm going to put Carl on the spot here. Carl, fantasy breakout star from last year that will have the same or the same or better production this year. Uh, same or better production? Uh, I'm actually going to lean towards Alvin Cook. Alvin Cook, Minnesota. Alvin Cook, going to Alvin Cook. Because the opportunity is still going to be there. Um, the line should be better. They just lose Stephon Diggs, who's the, uh, the, the, the... So, yeah, I definitely think he should at least be as good, if not better. Yeah, All right, I'm going to put a couple questions just... Based off of, I'm going to take a person from all four of our teams that you wouldn't expect me to throw at you. For the Philadelphia Eagles, this is pretty plain and simple. Jalen Hurts. Mm. In Dynasty Leagues, I definitely think he's a he's a really good pick in all Dynasty Leagues, which are leagues that, of course, get played year after year. 
you just generally pick the younger players, the young players that you think will succeed over time. Um, as far as redraft leagues and keeper leagues going into this season, I don't think he's going to hold much value. Y'all can't, y'all can't do that. I'm sorry. But if, but if you have a bench spot into your draft and you want to play back a quarterback and you're content with the quarterback you have, you might as well take a shot. All right. I'll go with – I'll go – let's see, Cowboys. Ooh. Hmm. Considering the news that broke out earlier, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard is a good play in any type of league. Just Are we talking about a sleeper pick, Watch. We're just um, talking about, like, I'm picking a player from each of our teams and just kind of seeing – what Carl's thoughts are on how they could produce in 2020. Oh, okay. Well, I Fancy still want to ask them about my team, bro. I know all about it. Oh, I know. <laughs> Tony, by the way, by the way, I can hear G-Man in the back, Dougie. He's playing his game. <laughs> Tony Pollard is a good pick in any, any form of football this year, I would say. I think I have him – I definitely have him top 30 in my rankings right off the top of my head just because – the value will be there because they can't continue to give Zeke the, the volume that they do. I mean, they can, but he's going to wear out. And he's a playmaker. Pollard's a playmaker. I mean, he's, he's quick. Tony Pollard, real quick with the ball in his hand. Um, I don't know how effective he is on special teams, but that could definitely probably be a role for him if they needed it to be. Um, but yeah, I definitely see him being a later round pick. You want to stash him on your bench. If he gets hurt, um, he, as a plug and play bot starter, I can probably see you could get by with him. Huh. All right. The Colts, pretty simple considering y'all just signed him to his rookie deal earlier today. Michael Pittman Jr. Mm, Michael Pittman, I currently have a lot of the top 60 wide receiver. Basically, I know what he's going to be for us. I know he will line up primarily on the opposite side of T.Y. Hill. But as far as blocking goes, Philip Rivers really likes to throw to the tight end. Really likes to run to the tight end. T.Y. is getting older. Um, but as, as he's kind of in the same boat as Taylor Hurt, really good pick for Dynasty Leagues. Um, redraft, he's probably going to go after it in, in team leagues, 12 team leagues. He in the bottom half of a draft. Um, definitely a good stash if you have the bench spot available. Come Carolina's is a little bit of a question mark, but I could go two or three people here, but. I'm going to go Robbie Anderson. I currently have him ranked as wide receiver 33, I believe. Um, deep play, that's what he's known for. Now he's going deep, running deep. Um, if Teddy can get in the ball, he could have a lot of upside going into the season. He's going to get drafted almost every type of league this season. 
because I think he's only 26, 27. So he's still got a lot of tread left, and New York never really used him in the way that they should have to begin with. And, of course, they always had Sam Darnold throwing in the ball. In the dirt. So if Teddy can get him the ball effectively while DJ and Curtis run under the tracks. Sorry. I've seen that. He should definitely be a, a high upside guy going into this year. He'll probably go around round 10, 11 in redraft. Yeah. All right, I'm probably going to regret this next question, but this will be the final question of the fantasy segment. I'm probably going to regret this, but who do you think has more fantasy upside this year, Carson Wentz or Dak Prescott? Oh, oh easy, easy. I'm probably going to regret asking this. The <laughs> uh, more upside, is, it's got to be Dak. I currently have Dak as quarterback four just because of all the weapons he has. And that's not really a knock against Carson. I still have Carson at seven. But the amount of weapons Dallas has, if anything, if anybody in that offense is going to have a huge year, it's going to be Dak for fantasy. All right. Well, this next segment. We're actually going to go into a topic. All right. Delby, starting with yours. Really, the only two... Really, the only two things to be talked about this team, because they are legit awful, follow with wide receiver A.J. Green and newly drafted quarterback Joe Burrow. You have the floor. Um, Okay. Um... So, what I think about um, the Bengals offseason was um, their head coach, um, the hiring of who they hired. I don't think um, I don't think that was a great hire for them. Um, and um, I liked. Joe Burrow is the number one pick. Of course, you wouldn't pass on him. I don't know how he's going to transition to the NFL. I'm still skeptical on that because I know there's a lot of people that think he's going to be really good. Um, but I don't know. I've, I've watched him, and I don't think he has the weapons that he had at LSU um, that he has with the Bengals. Therefore, I don't think he's going going to be as dominant and clutch as he was at LSU, um, in my opinion. Um, the A.J. Green situation, I don't agree with them franchise franchise tagging him. I think they should have extended him. Because um, right now, that's their best player. And they also have Joe Mixon, who's um, very inconsistent uh, with fantasy loss I have on the fantasy team. And he was very inconsistent. But, I don't know. I think I think they're, they're trending upwards, though. Um, from where they're at, I think that the quarterback letting go of Andy Dalton was a good idea. It's kind of starting over. Um, I think AJ Green, if if he can stay healthy, um, will have a breakout year and do really good. And um, I don't see them competing in the AFC North. Um, I see that still see them maybe winning four to six games max. 
but um, I think it all just depends on really Joe Burrow and the offense. I think the defense is okay, but they're just in such a tough division um, where they won't even, they can't even win four or five games. Um, So I don't know. I think they had a good off season, but I don't think they're anywhere close to being contenders for their division or to be in the playoffs or anything of that matter. So, um, I yeah, you pretty much hit it. I mean, when AJ Green is healthy and on the field, game changer. 2011, 2015, thousand yards every season. 2016, the only reason he didn't have a thousand yards is because injury issues. Had another a thousand yard in 2017, but. In 2018, where he only played nine games, he had 700 yards and six touchdowns. That's crazy. And then, obviously, he didn't play last year, and, you know, the Bengals had the number one pick for a reason. They were terrible. Dalton got benched. Ryan Finley, NC State, came in. He was even worse. Their defense was historically bad. And, like you said, they franchised A.J. Green. A.J. Green hasn't signed the franchise tender because he wants a long-term deal, but... For them to let A.J. Green, their best receiver in franchise history, walk when you have this young rookie coming in who put up over 5,000 yards passing and 60 passing touchdowns last year, leading LSU to their first national championship in over a decade. You need somebody like that. You need a veteran. And, yes, they took T. Higgins way too early, might I add. But T. Higgins is a really good receiver. But like Delby said, they're in the AFC North. They're in there with Baltimore, who has – overloaded this offseason. They're in there with Pittsburgh, and if Pittsburgh is healthy, they will be a playoff team. And the Browns, who knows? But uh, I just I don't think he's going to transition well in his first year. I don't think he will be in contention for Rookie of the Year. And I think the Rookie of the Year could – I could easily see it going to Washington's Chase Young, Detroit's Jeff Okuda – Arizona's Isaiah Simmons. Uh, I could see it more of like defense offense, but I just, as far as Cincinnati as a whole goes, four or five wins max, but I think they did take a few small steps into becoming a better team. Here's the thing you're forgetting about, though. Here's the thing. When Joe Burrow transferred to LSU from Ohio State, he, like, he didn't get settled in very much. Like, he didn't settled in right away. You can't hear me? No, I can't. Um, just got a just got a report that Brandon Brooks tore his ACL day. Oh my gosh! Oof. Oh my lordy! Ouch! Figures, figures. Well, all right, better go ahead. Ah, uh, that just sucks. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like Joe Burrow is gonna miss that most definitely. I mean, cause I feel like when he played for LSU, he played a pro style offense, and we saw how like successful he was, like. Balfour was a machine when it came to everything, so I think he has the weapons to play well. It's just a matter of him meshing into the offensive scheme. I mean, the game's obviously faster than the NFL in his college, but I mean, I think he can make the adjustment if he works hard. And I mean, I think he can do well. I think he can do well, but I like. I think they'll be said four six probably the window will be at. I think he'll definitely put up some good numbers though. Definitely not rookie of the year numbers, but just because they had a ton of studs in the lineup for that draft class, so. But yeah, four or six games, probably for the Bengals. Yeah, I absolutely. Anywhere from four to six seems like a really good a good spot for that. The only thing with overlooking Bill Burrow is the fact 
going to be 24 by the time the season starts. And he's not young compared to even guys like Tuba, who I think is only 21. Yeah. So going into his second, the first big contract Joe Burrow signed, minus the picture, he'll just be 29. 100%. Yeah. Um, I definitely think he will have the numbers this year under Zach Taylor, but the team's going to struggle just because the defense hasn't gotten any better, really. And most of their big players on defense getting older. Geno Atkins was in 31, 32 years old. Um, but yeah, I think y'all know it. Six wins would be a good spot. Definitely the bottom AFC North. Um, but yeah, they should, in a couple of years, yeah, good. Probably win fighting for the team. If they give, us some, give us some stars on defense, give them some pass rushers, I think they'll be solid. Yeah, I do think Joe Mixon, however, this year is going to be a huge player for the. Agreed. I hope so. They're I, gonna, I always pick him every year. Well, hey. So they're going to want to. Well, hey, Carl, if he, if, if, well, you remember how many yards he had in our Madden League, so. Yes. I, mean, I do. Um, yeah, I mean, that pretty much explains it with Cincinnati. I just think. I think they will have a top 10 pick again for the 2021 draft. That's barring if we get a 2021 draft. I agree. All righty. Next, we're going to go to Carl's topic and kind of concerns a little bit about the Dallas Cowboys. New York Jets safety, Jamal Adams. Uh-oh. Texas boy. All right, boys. Texas boy, come you six overall pick in 2017. Um, been the center of a lot of tricks, mostly with the Dallas Cowboys. I haven't heard any other teams actually thrown into the ring. But ever since October, Dallas has been on the phone with New York. Uh, asking price has been a little high. I personally think it's a little high. I mean, it makes sense for him. But two, yeah, I think. The market's just the way it runs, but yeah, I don't think it's definitely necessary for what he's asking for. Oh, I agree. Definitely think it's, I think they were asking for at least two ones. It's C. It's, but the thing with the Jets are is that they know Dallas is probably going to be a decent team. So they're going to do late first round picks. And uh, let's see, over three seasons, 272 tackles, six forced fumble, two picks, and 12 sacks. Safety position. Uh, he's only missed two games in three years. Uh, Two-time Pro Bowler and first-team All-Pro last year. Uh, he's, he said recently that Exodus done, um, and I definitely think it could be done. New York isn't cap-strapped by any stretch of the imagination, but they have a lot of bears on big deals that they need to shed some of. Um, personally, I think the deal needs to get done, and he will probably end up being the highest paid safety in the league. Currently, there are five big safeties making over $13.75 million a year. Um, Jackson and Kevin Byer, Tyron Matthews, and Earl Thomas. Oh, and Collins, who signed that huge extension. Yeah, I definitely think Paul Adams is a better player than all of them put together. Um, I don't see him getting 
But if he uh, will be to Dallas, it just depends on if the Jets feel like they're going to be a contender or not. Well, here's my thing. With Sam Darnold, I mean, I feel like the Jets organization as a whole, especially the higher-up positions, I think they have faith in Sam Darnold. I think he's shown somewhat of not elite quarterback status, but mediocre, pretty solid, like pretty, like definitely a million-dollar contract up there, high up there for him. But I think they wanted to give him weapons besides Le'Veon. So I feel like if they would do a deal with Dallas, it would be to get a crap ton. Like I mean, it'd be, a, it'd be it would be a big time deal. But I, mean, I feel like Dallas would be the most reasonable one. If Dallas ended up getting Jamal from a bunch of draft picks, they that team would be put together like pretty much perfectly to what Mike McCarthy would want a team. I agree. I mean, which they they'd be forced to be reckoned with in the next year if that deal gets done. But they still, find said, to, they still find a way to lose. And I mean, all right, that's fine. That's fine. It's all good. I'm just saying theoretically, that's a good piece of the puzzle. It's a good way to win ball games, you know. Um, as far as it comes to Jamal Adams, and this just kind of shows how it's changed. At the trade deadline last year, the Jets were this close to trade him to Dallas. They had agreed on a first-round pick, Dallas's first-round pick, which ended up turning into C.D. Lamb. The Jets wanted a third. Jerry was only giving up a fourth, and things fell apart. It fell apart over a mid-round day, th- a mid-round second day three pick. If I was Dallas, only giving up a first and a third for an elite safety, I would have taken it right then and there. But as far as Jamal goes, I mean, if you ask me, he's the best safety in the league, and. He's going to get his money, whether it's from Dallas, whether it's from the Jets, whether it's from someone else. He's going to get his 14, 15 million a season as he deserves it. I mean, dude has 12 sacks as a safety. That's unheard of. But when it comes to the Jets, I think the earlier they get him signed, the better. It's kind of the same thing with the Dak Prescott thing because the later this goes on with Jamal, the more another safety gets signed. And with Dak's situation, if Dallas does not get him re-signed before Patrick Mahomes, they're in trouble. Oh, don't worry about that. Don't worry about I'm that. I'm just hey, using it as a point. I'm just using it as a point. I'm sorry of it. Uh, it's going to happen. It's just what's going to be. It's America's team. He okay. wants to shine. Be the We're guy. not talking about, We're not talking about Dallas. We're talking about Dallas. It's all good. All right. Yeah. Dallas has been we coming up every single subject we talk about. Sorry, bro. Biggie, are you done? Yep. Yep, yep. Go ahead. Okay. Um. So, I think that the Jets are going to end up signing him. I don't think Dallas is going to do it because, one, they had a chance to sign Earl Thomas, and it fell apart for the same reason as they didn't sign him last offseason. And so, also, if they do end up trading um, for Jamal Adams, he's still going to want his money, so they're going to have to extend him. And if, mentioning Dak, if – the Cowboys want – Dak wants a lot of money, and I don't know if they have enough cap space to make him the highest paid safety in the league, plus sign Dak to that monster contract. So I don't think it's a good idea for the Cowboys to pick him up. Um, but I think if the Jets – I mean, the Jets had a good, I think, draft in offseason for like an okay. I wouldn't say amazing, but what they really needed was 
to build up the defense and give Sam Darnold um, just kind of surrounding weapons. And uh, took Denzel uh, Mims, right? And um, they drafted. Um, I think they drafted like a couple. I know they drafted like an offensive tackle with their first pick. And McKay back um, then. Sam Darnold, which was good. Um, they lost Robbie Anderson, um, but they drafted the a wide receiver from Baylor, I believe. Yeah, Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims. Yeah, which I think was a fantastic pick. And then they got cornerbacks and uh, edge rushers, which they really needed on defense. So, plus they were, if I'm not mistaken, a seven and nine team last year, which isn't bad um, for the division. So. And thinking about that, I, I think they can have another solid year. I'm not sh- I'm not saying they'll make the playoffs, but I think that that whole division um, is going to be interesting just to watch in general. I think it's I don't think there's going to be one clear cut answer to who's going to win the division this year, just because we haven't. It's the first year without Brady in the division for in, in almost 20 years. So, but um, yes, I think they'll the Jets will end up signing Jamal Adams and making because he's the key to that defense and um the leader of that defense and he brings in fans and money and all that type of stuff so i don't think they i think it'd be be a huge mistake if they traded him to the cowboys or anywhere else i think he should just give him what he wants because he i believe is worth what he would be paid i agree yeah i think we all agreed on most points there with them um speaking of drafting wide receivers let's go to a team that didn't draft a wide receiver in the NFL draft in the most deep wide receiver class in the modern era. Buddha, this is your topic. The Green Bay Packers and their awful decision in the first round to take Jordan Love out of Utah State. Listen, listen, me being a Dallas Cowboys fan, I know a thing or two about playing the Packers. Okay, I, I've seen how good of a quarterback Aaron Rodgers is, especially when there's like a minute and below. Usually when you never give Aaron Rodgers time. Than any quarterback in the league. You never give Rodgers time on a call. You can say Brady, but I mean, it's fine. Um, you're going to tell me he's going to put up these numbers for you, have these consistent playoff runs, do these crazy things week in a week, count, y'all praise him, y'all put him on everything, you know, just count double check, you know, the, the Chiefs heads <laughs> love him. Yeah, the organization is going to just go ahead and just get a quarterback that's been talked about as a probably elite to mediocre level quarterback in the league. Not one of the best, but has potential. You're going to pick a person like that, which is you to roll the dice kind of player, rather than these wide receivers that probably the best receiving class I've seen in a while, arguably, probably. I mean... The receiving core from Alabama was just ridiculous. I mean, they all were first-rounders. I mean, you see Oklahoma, ton of good receivers. I mean, ton of other players, too. But you're going to pick Jordan Love. I mean, I get you want a security blanket, but securing what? They have no weapons. They haven't drafted a receiver in the draft since, shoot, I can't even tell you when. I mean, I don't have the numbers up, but I don't think they've drafted one in years. So they haven't drafted I mean, a, They haven't drafted a wide receiver in the first round the entire time Aaron Rodgers has been starting for that team. So it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I feel I feel for Packers fans. Though. There's a lot of people that are upset about it, which they had a right to be. Because I mean, I mean, which it's not Jordan Love's fault by any means. Like, no, I don't want to put. It, like, I mean, he, put he it can't out. take like, your dress. Like, you're getting drafted to this team. You don't have a say in it. You're just picked from a college team. You did your job. You're going to make millions. You made it. Congratulations. I'm. Not, I have no problems with him, but I just don't think the situation is a, was very well thought out. 
Well, I when it comes to pushing out like cars. Yeah, agreed. When it comes to Green Bay, they were thirteen and three last year, but they were a lot worse than what the record showed. And the 49ers exposed them in the NFC Championship game. And I don't think their head coach, Matt LaFleur, is that good of a coach. I don't think he likes Aaron Rodgers. I think that was made crystal clear with this pick when you had Denzel Mims still on the board, Patrick Queen still on the board, uh, T. Higgins, who still was too early, but sometimes you got to reach. T. Higgins was still on the board. I mean, and Green Bay could have gone defense. Patrick Queen and could have gone a couple – they could have gone um, – could have gone Xavier McKinney from Alabama, who the Giants ended up getting. I just – Jordan Love. He didn't have a great year last year, but to be fair, his coach from the previous year left, and he lost like 75% of his weapons, which isn't his fault. But he's not going to play for one or two years, even though I think it's only going to be a year because I fully believe at this point next year we're going to be talking about Aaron Rodgers on a different team. Um, But – I mean, you look at his weapons, it's Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. Devontae Adams, who almost put up 1,000 yards this year, only playing 12 games, put up like 997. It's technically 1,000. Five touchdowns. Aaron Jones, who put up over 1,000 rushing yards and had the second most touchdowns from running back in the league behind Christian McCaffrey was 16. That was it. I mean, you had Jimmy Graham showed out a little bit, but he's in Chicago now with their like 15 tight ends. Um <laughs> And the rest of the receivers, sometimes they had good games, but other times they didn't. And their defense is lackluster at best. And they're not well coached. And I think the Vikings run away with this division. I think Chicago has the potential if they can keep Nick Foles healthy and on the field. Because even if they go Trubisky, Trubisky will not be the starting quarterback for this team for very long. They'll be boy, Nick Foles. I think Nick Foles will be the starter in Chicago by week five at the absolute latest. Um, I think Chicago will be better, and I think Detroit might be better than some people think. They are also poorly coached, but I, I think, think they'll Matthew be. Gonna have a good year. I think they'll be better than people think. So personally, oh, I see Green. Back. I see Green Bay as oh, on the lower side of the division in terms of drop off. I, if I had to pick for them, I'd say eight and eight, nine and seven, with them missing the playoffs. Um. So when I think about this pick, I think it was terrible. Like the it was the worst thing I think. I, and I, I, I can understand it because the Eagles, my like my team, took a quarterback when we didn't need to. But Aaron Rodgers hasn't been hurt or gotten hurt like Carson Wentz has. So there's also zero sense to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is 36 years old and he's getting old, but he threw for the regular season. He threw 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, and four interceptions with a QBR of 95.4 and. That was a down year for him, but that's uh, still that's pretty that's pretty much a career year for half of the league. He had last year, and he took the team to the NFC Championship. Um, but uh, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to finish his career in Green Bay. Um, I think them drafting Jordan Love with us was a smack in the face to him. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see where he goes, or if they release him, or trade him, or however that goes. Um, but yeah, I think it it opens the division up right for the Vikings, which I hate because I just don't like the Vikings. But uh, fair. yeah, I don't. I think it don't the Vikings though, which hurts a little more with the Vikings, bud. Just, I mean, I don't want. I think it was a to be opened up. I mean, I want it to be interesting. Plus, Aaron Rodgers has done a lot for Green. I mean, a lot for Green Bay, and they do that. So, um, 
Yeah, I think it was the worst pick in the – not nothing, like you said, but no offense to Jordan Love. It's not on him. He's a good quarterback. But I think it was the worst pick in the draft. Uh, not very smart. I don't think – I think, uh, you know, eight or nine games, like Ian said. Um, but then again, um, their offense is very predictable because they only have Devontae Adams, um, they have Aaron Rodgers, and then uh, – Aaron Jones. I can't – Aaron Jones. Uh, Lazar. That's all they're going to use in it. And that's really all I believe that they're. Excuse me. Come on, man. Lazard? What about Lazard? No. Receiver? No. Alan Lazard? Is that his name? No. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. I believe that. You know, that they'll be. They'll be in a, a lot of close games, but I don't see them. You know, Super Bowl contenders. Maybe not even playoff contenders. Uh, I hope they ball out. I don't That'd know. I, it, it'll be interesting to see, but yeah, I think the whole pick in itself was stupid. Um, it made zero sense to me, and so that's just what I think. I will add something really quick. A couple years ago when Aaron Rodgers got hurt in Minnesota and was out for my staff of the year, if he gets hurt again, he does not get that job back. All right, let's see. Um, not only did I have Jordan Love at worst in the first round, I have the Packers in my draft grade as the worst draft overall. I actually gave them an F. Which I haven't done the team in four years or something like that. Um, not only was Jordan Love a bad pick, they also picked AJ Dillon, who's a bowling ball running back out of Boston College. Then they picked a tight end named Josiah Deborah in the third round to play fullback. But keeping up, um, I definitely don't think Aaron Rodgers is in Green Bay much longer. Maybe maybe a year, as Ken said. Um, this definitely signals the end of the run that they've been on in that division. Um, definitely don't see them winning for the eight games, and that's their defense bad. It's not good. Um, and as all of those no weapons outside of Devontae Adams, and even Aaron Jones, he had his stats looked really good, but there was a couple games last year where he was terrible. He had dead periods, stuff, and we like where he wasn't really hot. But yeah. when he was hot, dude, I mean, he scored what six touchdowns in a game, something like that. I mean, yeah. he had some definitely some stat inflating games. Got over two hundred rushing yards in one game last season, something like that. Um, I agree that their head coach, I don't Matt Lafleur, isn't a great coach. I don't exactly remember where he was from before he got this job. He was the but, offensive coordinator at Tennessee, where they were twenty sixth in total offense. Um, it wasn't a great signing, but they made it. It didn't make any sense to me. The Jordan Love pick, you know, it's not his fault that he got here. And I, I honestly think that given the right situation, if they don't make him sit for three or four, he could be a really solid in this league. He has all the arm talent in the world compared to Patrick Mahomes, which is insane. But... I don't think there's going to be another for a generation or two. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it in terms of that, Green Bay is trying to prevent drafting quarterback-wise what the atrocity that happened in 2017 in Chicago. Oh, I agree. Like I they agree. took Mitch Trubisky with one year of starting, and now Mitchell Trubisky is. 
the benchmark for what not to do. Yeah, but like it's, it's, not to Sean get, Watson the draft class, Lamar's in the draft class. Yeah. Not to get off topic, but I do want to talk about this for a second. 2017, they trade up one spot to the farm to San Francisco, who was never taking Mitch Trubisky, to take Trubisky. Meanwhile, Deshaun Watson is an elite quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, I don't need to say anything. And Lamar Jackson, at the end of the first round, was the MVP last year. So you took Trubisky over the MVP this past year. Last year's it this two years ago's MVP and the Super Bowl MVP this year. And Deshaun Watson, who on a play last year against against Vegas, got kicked in the face into a touchdown pass. That's all I want to talk about with the you know the Trubisky thing, but he went from a number two overall pick to his ass is going to be sitting on the bench by week five. And he will not be in the league in two years. Definitely agree. Um, Packers are probably third or fourth in that division. Detroit's on the come up. I don't think Chicago's a good but if they let Nick Foles play the game Nick Foles wants to play, I definitely think that they could be successful. Um. Don't see more than seven, eight, and probably third in the division. Chicago probably wins games. And Detroit is a really solid team. But as y'all said, Minnesota is probably going to run away with, with the North. Um, I mean, and you look at what Minnesota did. I mean, Kirk Cousins actually won a big game. This past year, yeah, but one that doesn't do enough for me though. He just won one game. Oh, I know, I know. I'm just saying. So I still don't think he's worth as much as he's paid. Oh, he, no, no, that. he's not worth that at all. But I agree, not worth that money. Um, <laughs> Dalvin Cook, if he can stay on the field, is going to be good. I mean, you got Adam Thielen, and yes, they traded away Stephon Diggs, but they went. Oh, hey, look. Oh, hey, look. The you look. You look at the Eagles. They didn't take Justin Jefferson like I thought they should have, and the Vikings were behind him and just took him. Stephon Diggs was a must trade though. He didn't want to be there. No, he didn't want there to be there at all. He didn't want to be there. Yeah, there was there was an issue in the locker room definitely. Um. Alrighty, last you know of the four topics that we come up with. And I literally have a page of notes on this because of how bad it is. Is the rise and fall from the 2017 Jacksonville Jaguars to now. Late 2017, this team was one bad call reversed away from playing the Eagles in the Super Bowl. And now they are in the tank for Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. That quick. But... They did win the division in 2017. Why? Andrew Luck was out the whole year. You had Deshaun Watson tore his ACL midway through the season. And the play of former Oregon quarterback Marcus Mariota was again showed why Tennessee failed to draft the franchise quarterback. They were 10-6, got to the first time playoffs, and got no time of the years. Blake Bortles, terrible once again. This team was in the playoffs because of arguably, historically, one of the best defenses this league has ever seen. They led the league in forced fumbles with 17. Completion percentage, quarterbacks had 56% completion percentage against this defense. Passing yards, they only allowed 170. 
per game, passer rating under 70. And, defense, defense was nasty. and they had seven defensive touchdowns. They were second in the league in turnovers. They had 33 forced turnovers. And it started with the defensive line, which had 55 sacks, which had second in the league. You had Malik Jackson, Dante Fowler, Calais Campbell, and uh, I'm just going to go Yannick because I'm not going to try to butcher his name. (laughs) But then that was the defensive line. You had Miles Jack at linebacker, who is still the only one that is still on this team. Um. Then there was what I'm calling lockdown islands. Jalen Ramsey and AJ Boye in 2017 were the were the two best corners in the National Football League. Um, you had Jalen Ramsey who was in his second year out of Florida State, and then you had AJ Boye who came over in free agency from Tennessee. Uh, Jalen had four interceptions and 17 pass defenses, but receivers averaged like 30 yards a game on him. I mean, he was locked down. He went to the Pro Bowl for the first time in his career. He got first-team All-Pro, and Boye was even better. Didn't make first-team All-Pro, but he should have. He had six picks, 18 pass deflections, but and they both got Pro Bowl honors. Then 10-6, and six, they go into Pittsburgh, where everyone's expecting them to get smacked around. Blake Bortles had more rushing yards than passing yards in this game. And then... Their defense destroys Ben Roethlisberger alive, and they get to the AFC Championship game. Jaguars in the AFC Championship game. Not something we're going to be saying for a long time. And they dominated this game, too. I mean, they were up 20-10 to 10 at one point, and then came the most controversial playoff call that year. Deion Lewis got handed the ball. Miles Jack stripped him of the ball, picked it up, and ran it back for what should have been a touchdown and a 27-10 lead. But the ref blew the whistle, which marked the play dead, which means they couldn't review it. In those situations, I'm always a believer of let the dude run to the end zone and get it right in replay. If they would have done that, Jacksonville would have been awarded for a touchdown. It would have been 27-10, all the momentum. There is no way, shape, or form that New England comes back, even with Brady, against that defense. It would have been Philly and Jacksonville in the Super Bowl that year. It should have been Philly and Jacksonville in the Super Bowl that year. I mean, that changed the game. They went three and out. Patriots scored on three straight possessions and won 24-20, and we ended up losing to Philly in the Super Bowl a couple weeks later. Changed the game. There wouldn't would, would have been no Philly-Philly that would have happened because oh, Clayus Campbell would have sacked Carson Wentz for the next century. Nick Foles was starting, oh, my I'm friend. Sorry. Nick Foles was in the game, buddy. Oh, wait. I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> Oh, people are going to be calling you out, my friend. MVP quarterback was hurt, my bad. And then 2018 comes around, and they have this great start, but they fall off. And the 2018 season, which, I mean, you had Andrew Luck coming back, Watson coming back, and the Titans were, once again, Marcus Mariota down into the bed, which sucks because I've always liked Marcus. Um, And then after the 2018 season, they kicked Bortles to the curb, Gave Nick Foles a massive contract. They then went on to draft Gardner Minshew from out of Washington State in the fourth, two or sixth. I can't remember which round Gardner was taken in. And then you had, and out through the next couple years, you had Malik Jackson left in free agency and signed with Philadelphia. 
You had Dante Fowler was traded to the Rams in mid-2018 for a 2019 third and 2025th. Calais Campbell finished the season in Jacksonville, but in March that he was traded for a fifth-round pick to the Ravens of all teams. Good God, dude. And then the only one left is is Yannick, but he's made it abundantly clear that he wants out of Jacksonville. And his name has been linked and rumored to Philadelphia for as long as I can remember. But at this point, I don't think he plays. He does not want to be in Jacksonville. It's simple as that. He even had a Twitter beef with uh, the owner's son, who also is the owner of All Elite Wrestling, Tony Khan. Like, oh, no way. Like, the guy who provides the money for AEW was having a Twitter argument with one of his best players. Like... It's clear Yannick does not want to be there. And then came the corners. Jalen Ramsey wanted out. He's in L.A. with the Rams now. At 2020-2021 first and the 2021 fourth went back to Jacksonville. Do not remember who they took with that 2021st this year. Chase on? Yep, yep. I think it was Chase on LSU. Two years after earning first-team All-Pro honors. A.J. Boye was not far behind this past offseason. He was traded to Denver. Denver, I'm telling you, Broncos are going to be a problem. Uh, for a 2024. And Miles Jack is the only one that has left, like I said. And he signed a four-year, $57 million extension before the start of last year. And I don't think he spends that four years in Jacksonville. Jacksonville is a dumpster fire. They're not well coached. I love Gardner Minshew, but he is not the future of that position. Then you have Leonard Fournette who did have a bounce-back year last year, but he can't stay on a field. You really don't have anybody at wide receiver except for DJ Chark. Um, and then in 2016-2017, they had Allen Robinson and Marquise Lee. Marquise Lee is almost out of the league at this point and is in New England. Allen Robinson is the most underrated wide receiver this league has and is producing all-pro numbers with Mitch Trubisky as his quarterback up in Chicago. Um. And then just to end it off, they gave all that money to Nick Foles. He lasted one game. Got hurt in the opener against Kansas City. Minshew Mania took over from there. And they say that's their guy, but as I said, they're going to be bad. Real bad. Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion, will be playing in Jacksonville next year. And like I said, that's four years removed from one play, putting them in the Super Bowl. That's Um, Jacksonville. So, yeah, you – you kind of touched on everything I was going to say. Um, since um, this, uh, the AFC Championship appearance they made, they've been 11-21. Um, and I honestly believe that this year, this upcoming year, um, they can add another 16 games to their loss resume. I don't even know if they'll win a game, if we're going to be honest. I think they're going to be that bag. I think an upside to that, though, is – Minshew will be playing um, to prove himself this year because everyone is saying they were one of the teams for the top spot, which will definitely be going to Trevor Lawrence. So um, I think Minshew has a lot to prove this year, and he will prove himself. But I don't think it's enough to win to not have the number one pick. I, they don't have. I think Biggie said they maybe have one or two players left from that championship game um, on their roster. Um. They're a completely different team. Um, Tom Coughlin was fired also um, for a good reason. Um, but, yeah, I just think the whole mess from 
And the thing was, with the team they had, they were up in the fourth quarter with 10 minutes left, ready to go to the Super Bowl, and then Brady took over, um, of course, like he does. But yeah, um, it's crazy what's happened in the two years since then. Um, I think this year is going to be horrendous how bad it will be, but I think, you know, a couple of years moved out from now. Um, I think they're going to be contenders again. I think they're just going to rebuild their team just like – uh, the Packers will, the Jets will, and um, the Bengals are. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting to see what Minshew does this year um, with the limited talent that he has on his team. But, yeah, I predict that one that zero to two range of wins max, in my opinion. I don't think they'll win anymore. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. No more than two wins. In any situation, for the it's hard to predict teams to lose all six teams. But if a team is going to, it would be this team. Um, Gardner's this year. Gardner's going to be playing rated somewhere else because he's not going to be the future of that team. No. So if he has a good year, maybe he gets a second chance with another team. More than likely. It's going to sit and be the backup quarterback until his contract fires. Um, but yeah, Ian, you pretty much covered everything that I had as well. Um, yeah, I guess that's what happens when you do a full page worth of notes. <laughs> um, but yeah, that 2017 team was uh, it was a once in a lifetime defense for for the situation that they were in. They the way the offense played, they never deserved to make it that far. Um, and with the roster turnover, somehow they still have the same head coach they had. Yeah, Doug Marone is not it. Doug Marone is not the answer. He was on. He's been on the hot seat since that championship game. Yes, but he continues to get resigned. Uh, that's my thing with Jacksonville. It's like you have this one good year and things worked. You blow the team up. And your front office management, Tony Khan, I forget what the actual owner's name is. Um, but, I mean, you keep Marone, who's – he was in Buffalo. He was terrible. In Jacksonville, he was not the reason that team was in the AFC Championship game. The defense was. I also want to add that the fifth-round pick for Calais Campbell is the stupid – it might be one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. To just get a fifth-round pick for him – He's like, what, 6'8"? How bad you are. 6'9"? Yeah, he's, he's big, like, and he's, he's disruptive. Like, at least you could at least got, like, a third or second or maybe a what, fourth or a fifth. And what gets like, me... He's old, but I, like, is, especially the Baltimore, Baltimore would have gave him more is, to get him. Is what mind. gets me is the Malik Jackson move going to Philly that after they lose. Malik Jackson, in 2015, was the lead defensive tackle for, and this is coming from me, in my opinion, the greatest playoff defense that I've ever seen in D- in Denver. He was with there with the Von Millers and the Demarcus Wares and that crazy defense that shut down the league's number one offense. Then he goes to Jacksonville, does the same thing, and now he's in Philly doing the same thing. If I was if I was the Eagles, I wouldn't let that man move out of his apartment or house in Philadelphia. I agree. Dude has proven he's an elite defensive tackle everywhere he's been. I agree. 
Yeah, pretty much covers the Jags. I know I kind of did all of it, but, you know, that's how I, I do my topics. Pretty much everything I have to say, so I don't really have too much to say about it. Yeah, I mean, with Jacksonville, like Carl said, I mean, this team could go 0-16. You look at the division they're in, Houston, even though Houston will have a downfall with the – which we're going to cover that in just a second because i got to talk about it. Houston with the DeAndre Hopkins issue going to be down, but they still have Deshaun Watson. You have the Titans, who I am one of the very few people in, who think the Titans are going to have a massive drop-off. Ryan Tannehill does not do that again. Derrick Henry does not do that again. No. And then with the Colts, Colts, I could see them being 7-9, or I could see them being 12-4. and four. It all depends on one thing, and that is Phillip Rivers' ability to not turn the ball over. And then Jacksonville's just there. And like I said, just to get off of Jacksonville, you go to Houston. I mean, you trade arguably the best receiver in the league. I mean, obviously, I don't think he is, but I think it's Julio. But you arguably trade the best receiver in the league for a stack of gum. And David Johnson, whose contract is one of the worst I've ever seen. Ever since 2015, he's been terrible. Like, I don't get it. That's I, another bag of worms, though, you know? Like, Gosh, I mean, that's like the Falcons up. trading freaking Julio for a seventh-round pick and a freaking 60-overall Madden player. Even Madden said it was it, they wouldn't have done it, so that tells well, you. Well, we ain't going to get it in the Madden's trade logic. Carl and I could talk about that for a whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't worth it. It ain't, um, ain't worth it. Is, uh... Are we, is that all we're talking about? Or are you doing like one final question? We got one more big topic and then the one final. We have another topic? Yeah. Okay. Um, this is a new segment on here that we are doing for the next four podcasts. The fall of elite college, once elite college football programs. Uh, the four in order will be Florida State, USC, Texas, and Virginia Tech. Starting with the Florida State Seminoles. I just, you have one of the greatest coaches of all time. I mean, multiple national championships, 21 bowl wins, over 370 career wins, 12 ACC championships. And then in comes Jimbo Fisher. He took over, you know, he took over. And he was all right for a couple years. I mean, but then came 2013. In came a quarterback by the name of Jameis Winston. Crab legs. One of the the best teams to ever play in college. I mean, they were blowing teams out by 40 points every single week. And then they get to the – and Carl can go into, like, mad details about this because this is his school. But they – they end up beating Auburn in the national championship. They did struggle early, but beating Auburn in the national championship. And then they come back, and, I mean, 2013, just to go about it, that was, if you're asking me, it's the best ACC school I've ever seen. And that includes 2018 Clemson. No. 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 That's a different topic, but no. <laughs> hey, I mean, hey, this is a podcast. We're allowed to disagree. Um, but then 2014 happened. 
And, you know, everybody's expecting them to be great again. And, yeah, they went undefeated until the Rose Bowl, but they were in games they shouldn't have been in. They were only there because they were undefeated. They shouldn't have even been in the playoff that year. And it got proven when they got their butts smacked by Oregon in the Rose Bowl. Kirk Herbstreet said it best in that game. They gave up after, I think, Oregon's defensive touchdown when Jameis Winston literally threw the ball behind his head. They gave up. How are you going to give up in a Rose Bowl for a chance to go play for the national championship? And then after that, they were average. And then Jimbo goes to A&M. And you have DeAndre Francois, who played great in his rookie year, gets hurt against Bama, and he's now playing for some FCS Division III school. So then Jimbo leaves. And then Willie Taggart. Oh, man. Willie Taggart, let me get – you can – I don't know if you can see this or not, but Willie Taggart was a head coach at Oregon who said Oregon was his dream job and then bolts for Florida State and takes half of his recruits with him, which which how Oregon's doing right now, thank God. Um, So Willie Taggart is saying, oh, this is going to be a new year. And then comes the opener in 2018. Florida State, heavily favored, hosting Virginia Tech. Oh, man. Yes, Tech sir. kicked their ass. <laughs> I mean, Florida State couldn't do anything offensively. Tech had a blocked punt for a touchdown. Tech really wasn't that great offensively either. Their defense was just crazy. And I remember uh, a lot of Tech players and the Tech fans were at that game were mocking the war chant. Um, which is funny because me coming as a tech fan, I have now adopted that into the fire Fuente. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, and then they, that year after losing the tech, they finished five and seven, their first losing season in two decades, almost three. And then he got fired this past year because he was sucking again. Florida state did not make it a bowl game. And then in comes Mike Norwell, and nobody knows really what to expect from Florida State this year. Obviously, they're in the ACC Atlantic, which is Clemson. So I'll leave it at there. Like I said, Carl can fill in the big details since it is his school. Um, yeah, you pretty much touched on everything again. Um, Jimbo Fisher was the heir apparent to Bobby Belden for three years before Belden actually retired. Um. I don't know why we let Jimbo leave other than the fact that he wanted to and we were honoring him for what he did in 2013, but there was no reason to let Jimbo just walk. Um, between the last national championship in 99 and then 2013, we made a bowl game every year, but we had a lot of bad teams that shouldn't have been that good enough to win. Six games to be bowl eligible. Um, Willie Taggart was a misfire. Just he can't recruit. He couldn't coach. Nope. He couldn't. He doesn't know how to motivate players. Nope. He, he doesn't need to be coaching college football because he doesn't know how to talk to college aged athletes. I don't. Um, we bring in Mike Norwell, which I don't know 
much about him, but there's already been some controversy over the last couple of weeks about uh, him having meetings, supposedly having meetings with the African-American players on the teams and those meetings never actually happening to discuss what's going on in the world. Um, heading into this coming up season, I think we win six games. We get a bowl game, but I don't see us winning more than seven in any situation. But we have a lot of holes to fill now because the players Taggart did bring with him weren't good players to begin with. No. So now we have to make up for the recruiting loss of the talent that's on the team that isn't actually there. And then Norwell's got to bring in his own talent that that is very unknown at the moment. Um, the 2013 team was uh, it's a once in a lifetime for a school thing. You, you don't get that very often. You're playing with a with James Winston, who, if he could have left his redshirt sophomore se- or redshirt freshman season, he probably should have. Because coming into 2014, he was not prepared to play another whole season again at the level that we played at in 2013. Um, the, the Rose Bowl loss was tough to sit through, but at the end of the day, I think it's what we needed. We needed to be shown that we could lose and lose badly for us to continue to grow. So that's where I'll leave that. Um, I think with Norwell, we could get back on the winning path and Clemson's not going to be great forever. Oh, college football works. It's a four or five year swing up or down. Unless you're Alabama. Besides I definitely think, definitely think that'd be a good place for us to start. Um, I expect a lot of bad losses and a couple of close wins this year, but I think we'll get back to a bowl. Well said. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to it, and you know, Florida State's schedule this year, they got to play West Virginia, who's kind of an unknown. They got to play Boise again, who's going to be really good. I mean, obviously they got to play Clemson, but it's just going to be a destruction. But yeah, I get, like he said, I can see them going six to six. Um, but no really more nets seven and five, maybe, but they also have to play Florida and Florida's a easily a national championship contender this year. I think they are. I don't think Alabama's going to be as good as people think unless they go to their their uh, their true freshman five-star quarterback recruit, which I think they will. Um, but I think Florida and Bama are kind of the two teams to beat out in the SEC. And I can – you know, any rivalry, Florida and Florida State. Florida don't like losing Florida State. Florida State don't like losing Florida. It's that simple. It's just like, you know, Tech and Virginia and Ohio State and Michigan. And even though Ohio State and Michigan has been so one-sided for the past 10 years, it doesn't really matter that's at this not, point. That's not a that's <laughs> like a bad marriage. Um, so that pretty much cleans it for the Florida State topic. Um, next week we'll go into USC, which has a lot more to do with recent events, considering the dissociation about Reggie Bush. But... 
Uh, I guess we'll go off with one more kind of multiple choice like we did last week, even though nobody got to see it. And then we'll end things from there and probably try to do this again either next week or the week after, just depending when our schedules line up again. This week's kind of one choice is kind of going off into position debate. But it's more of a more difficult question, and it's the most underrated head coach in the National Football League. Underrated. Uh, I'm going to go super biased. I'm going to say Frank Wright. Fair. I can agree with that. I'm going to say Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin? He's always had a good relationship with his players. Yeah, I can go with that. Uh, I'm going to go Doug Peterson. (laughs) Fair. For good reason. Hmm. Uh, This is, and I know this is probably going to be a very popular pick, but it doesn't really get shown, and that is Andy Reid. Yes, he just won a Super Bowl, but he doesn't get talked about enough as he should. And even though Kansas City is not going to be a contender for years and years and years, just two to their monies, I mean, it's simple. He's put that team together. He doesn't get talked about enough. He's up there with the Belichicks. He's up there with the Harbaugh. He's up there with some of the other elite coaches in the NFL. And he doesn't get talked about. So... The best coach to me in the NFL, until proven otherwise, will still be Bill Belichick. We'll see how that goes this year. But all good points. Um, I think when it comes to what y'all said, I believe Frank Wright is the most underrated of the three that y'all brought up. And the only reason I say that is because Mike Tomlin and Doug Peterson have Super Bowls. Sounds good to me. All right, guys. That was fun. All right, boys. All right. Well, guys, that was episode two slash one of the Du Bois podcast, and hopefully we'll see you again soon. Yes, sir, boys. Catch y'all later. See you, guys. Hey, boys. Yeah.